We had a big week talking about our feelings. Who doesn't like that? Well, why don't we pray before we get started today? Our great God and Father, we just praise your holy name. We worship you in your faithfulness and your goodness, and we thank you. We are grateful that we can be here today. Would you please calm our hearts from wherever we have come, however our mornings have gone. Just give us your peace. Speak to our hearts and minds through your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So, this morning, if you could just flip in your Bibles to Ruth chapter 2, <clears throat> we're just going to hang out there for the morning, and we just want to do a little recap on, on what we've been going over. We've been studying about Ruth and Naomi and their, and their travels from Moab now back to Judah and the difficulties that they've had during, during those times. I mean, Difficult life events, yes? We're only in chapter two, for Pete's sake. Chapter one was quite um, full, just like our lives, just like yours and mine, and, and so much that comes in there. And we saw last week how Naomi had to, um, we just saw a lot of her dross. Remember that word from last week? A refining, when they're refining silver and they heat it up and the dross floats to the top. Do we remember the, another word for dross? Anybody? Scum. Scum. Oh, so lovely. But that's what we want to clear away. It's what the, the heat of life, when it heats up, right? That dross, that scum, that yuck that wants to collect on our hearts. We want to get that away that we may shine for Christ and look more like him, right? And this week, we, we're looking to see how our emotions can get in the way of that. Our emotions can be some of that dross that, that maybe not so much, um, we're going to have emotions, right? We're going to feel angry. We're going to be hurt. We're going to have feelings of bitterness in us. But it's what do we do with those? How do we move on from those? How do we say, Lord, I see it at the top. It's in the way of making my life shine for you. How do we get that off? We just want to look this week. I really want to, part of the, the whole process I think, ladies, is that when we go back to what we know to be true of our great God, this whole book of Ruth, I think the whole overarching theme is uh, it's such a testament to God's faithfulness over and over and over. And I know I need to be reminded over and over and over. And we are going to see his faithfulness in provision his faithfulness in protection and his faithfulness in power in these verses that I wanted to look at through Ruth, the life of Ruth and Naomi this week. We're starting in chapter two, verse one. Remember last week we had left off where the Lord's giving hope. And now we're gonna get to see a little bit of that, how the Lord provides so beautifully. 
Now Naomi had a kinsman of her husband, a man of great wealth, of the family of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. Boaz, as I'm guessing, because Rhonda and I have been encouraging you to read through the book of Ruth, right? So you're not going to be surprised, uh, I'm not spoiling the end, that uh, Boaz, we see, is God's provision for Naomi and Ruth, right? Because he's related to Elimelech, and the law then provided for that if a, a woman was a widow, that somebody in the family could marry her, they could have a baby to carry on the family name. So that that name just is not, is not erased. The family line carries on. We're going to see that in Boaz. How the Lord provides. He is faithful. He does not forget he does not forget. Verse 2, And Ruth, the Moabitess, said to Naomi, Please, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after one in whose sight I may find favor. And Naomi said to her, Go, my daughter. I just think, in the difficult time, moving to a new land, losing your husband, leaving everything. And Ruth, don't we see a consistency demonstrated in her character of humility, grace, trust? And I think here, she sees, she's with her mother-in-law, who, who is along in years. They have nothing. And Ruth sees, I'm going to provide. I'm going to have to go to work. I'm going to have to do something so that we can eat. And even in, in that, it sounds like I just got the, the feeling of, I've got to get to work. But she just doesn't just demand that. She doesn't say, I'm going to go and do this for us. It, just even her humility to say, please, let me go to the field and glean. Let me go to the field and work in this heat. Let me go to the field and bend over on the ground and just, just pick food up from the ground. And I just thought, here she is. Let me go into the field and glean. After one in whose sight I may find favor. She's trusting That's the, the, the owner of the field that she may find favor. I believe her ultimate trust is, is in the Lord that she has seen demonstrated, that she has said, I will follow. Remember, your God will be my God. So if this is what I know about him, I'm going to trust him. And she's stepping out. She's stepping out. She has made bold moves 
in her life. She has made bold life choices. And here she is again making a bold move to go out so that she can do what she can do to provide food for her mother-in-law and for herself. I don't know what kind of a family Ruth grew up in. We don't, it doesn't say. Maybe she didn't have to work. It just made me think, ladies. Sometimes life throws us curveballs that we are not really anticipating. And it's not just the event. Uh, Ruth, her husband passed away. She moves to a new country. But then everything that comes with that, it's not like she just gets to sit there and grieve. But now, the consequences, if you will, she's got to go out and provide her own food and for her mother-in-law. And the way that this is provided here in the law is a, a beautiful way that is provided for widows, for the poor, and for the foreigner. Because in the fields, the, the farmers or the owners were to leave the edges of the field unharvested. And that was for the poor, the widows, and the foreigners so that they would be able to have food. Ruth knows that she's a foreigner, so that provision is there for her. But I thought about her and Naomi. And maybe they weren't looking that they would be, they would have to raise their hand and say, yeah, I'm in need of that. That's really humbling. And it just made me think of, of your life and my life. When death comes or finances are gone, a big move. And we're dealing with that event. But then it's the stuff that comes after too. I remember, gosh, about, I think we're coming up on seven, eight years ago that my brother passed away. He was young, he was 43, he would have been 50 this year. And that was, uh, I had lost some grandparents, but um, to have somebody so close and so young, and my, my own family, and I only have one brother. Uh, and I just remember, and still, dealing with the grief in, in that moment, and in, in the months, obviously, and the years since, how part of it was, I just wanted things to be the way they were. I wanted somehow for things to still be able to be the same, for, for me to be able to, to feel the same, for my nephews and my niece to be able to, 
to not have to walk into their house and have a pit in their stomach. I wanted there to be at our holiday or our time when we went, my brother lived in, lived in California, that when we went to visit, that it was still the same vibrancy of excitement that our family got together, that there wasn't this massive hole. And I wanted it to be that there wasn't this tainting of my days I remember after he passed away, I mean, I still had kids in high school, we still had millions of things that we were doing here, but life didn't feel the same. It was difficult to face life with that same vibrancy and excitement. And I just remember grieving that and grieving it for my children and what that meant for my family and how that affected, that. and I'm just one little person in this whole scenario. And it made me think of Ruth and Naomi of how maybe they were like, I don't want to glean in a field. That's embarrassing. I have to meet the criteria of being a foreigner, poor, or a widow. I don't want to be any of those things. But she did. She did what she had to do. And she did it with humility and grace. Please let me go and glean. That I may find favor with an owner. And Naomi gives her permission. And I wonder, it's not in the text, so just a thought though. If it gave her a moment's pause, just to think, she knew what all that meant. Naomi had to raise her hand and say, that's me too, I need you to go. And sometimes we don't want to raise our hand and say, that's me. I need help. I have to do some things that I don't want to do. Life is going to be this way that I don't want it to be. But why not me? In that time, ladies, we don't want to miss. We don't want to miss our eyes to see God's provision even in the midst. There were fields where they could go to to glean so that they could have food. God is providing all the time. It just might look super different than what we thought it would or even what we wanted it to be. And I just don't want us to miss his provision because then we miss digging our roots down deeper into the fact that God is faithful and that God is with us, and that we are not alone. We don't want to miss that. My prayer 
through the valley of my brother's death, through many of the valleys that I know that we have all gone through. But my personal prayer is, Lord, I beg you, do not let this valley be in vain. Don't let me come through on the other side not having known you more and loved you more. Lord, don't let it just be a valley. Please, please help me to learn more about what will get the dross off. Please, even in the midst of that, make me shine more like your son. Don't let it be in vain. And I see as Ruth moves on here to to do this, don't let it be in vain. So Ruth departs in verse 3, and she went and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and she happened to come to the portion of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. Don't believe it just happened. God is faithful. God provides. God's hand is with us. And she just happened to come to the portion of the field. We see God's faithfulness in his provision over and over. Let's not miss it. Let's not miss it, ladies. Just wanted to be so encouraging in that way for you and for me. Now behold... It is, it is like a story, like one that you'd be reading at night, you know, and she happened to come upon, but this is the truth of God's word. And now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, may the Lord be with you. And they said to him, may the Lord bless you. Beautiful greeting between the two of them. You talk about that in your groups today. It's centered around the Lord. It's surrounded by the Lord. We can't miss him. He is everywhere. Then Boaz said to his servant, who was in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this? One thing I, I like about Boaz here and what it, what it shows us, even in the response, I think of his servant that we'll get to in a moment, but he was aware of what's going on in his world. He was aware of his fields. He was checking in on them. He was, knows who's in them and who's not in them. He's noticing the people on the edges. He's noticing those who are gleaning in his field. And he's inquiring about them. I love that part of just that. The servant in charge of the reaper answered, she is the young Moabite woman who returned with Naomi from the land of Moab. And she said, Ruth said, please, Let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. Thus she came and has remained from morning until now, and she has been sitting in the house for a little while. The servant in charge, he was in the know. 
He knows his master would want to know what's going on in his field. And he was ready and prepared with the information. He gives an honest account of Ruth. I think this shows a very responsible and respected and well-run work environment. He gave a favorable and truthful report. He did not badmouth her because she was a foreigner. He associated her with Naomi and he spoke of her humility and hard work. I just wanted us to look at this in, this is the beginning, I think, even in these words of God's protection for Ruth. He's protecting her with a good reputation, letting that be known, even having this servant say favorable things. I appreciated that. It made me think that Boaz must have great respect for those who work for him and they have respect for him in return. Runs well. And did you hear Ruth again? Now the law said that she could glean on the edges. But she still comes with humility. Please, may I glean? Very aware that she was a foreigner. And even though it was allotted to her, still comes with humility and grace. Please, asking. I want, uh, don't you, I, I want my character to be consistent throughout. And I think we see this in Ruth. Humility, grace, and trust. And we see it again right here. And then Boaz spoke to Ruth. Listen carefully, my daughter. Do not go to glean in another field. Furthermore, do not go on from this one, but stay here with my maids. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap and go after them. Indeed, I have commanded the servants not to touch you. When you are thirsty, go to the water jars and drink from what the servants draw. God's protection through Boaz. God's faithfulness in his protection through Boaz. How kind he is to her as he speaks to her. Listen carefully, daughter. Do you hear the tenderness in his voice, the care, the protection that he is offering? His protectiveness and great kindness just seem to flow out of him. He encourages her to watch the maids, that his, his maids, his hand servants, watch them, follow them, go with them. You don't have to be alone. He's encouraging her, be a part of. He's saying no one is going to hurt you or trouble you, touch you in any way. He's providing protection. She is also provided for in the fact that she doesn't have to go draw her own, own water. 
Now, she is not being paid by him, right? She's gleaning on the edges of the field for her own food. And here he is providing protection and provision in water. Boaz is covering all the bases for her. It's so like our great God who is faithful as he covers all the bases of our protection as he wants to, as he, as he is teaching us through this study as well, guard your emotions. When they come up, be careful what you're doing with them for our protection. To protect us from the roots of bitterness growing deep. To protect us from those things of selfish thoughts. To protect us from getting into a spiral of forgetting how great God is. Always seeking to protect us. And I think it's a beautiful picture how we see that in Boaz. So what is, how does Ruth respond? To this provision, to God's faithfulness in provision, his faithfulness in protection. Verse 10. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your sight, that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner? She falls on her face. She bows to the ground. She is humbled and overwhelmed with this undeserved favor, with this grace that has been bestowed upon her. She sees herself as undeserving and she is moved. Let me ask you this question because I had to ask myself when I saw her response. Despite the circumstances I find myself in, first, Do I ever contemplate God's great provision for me? Do I even stop to think about it? Do I see it? Do I thank him for it? His remarkable protection of me, of my soul, his going ahead and behind, his having his hand upon me, The psalmist says this in Psalm 139. You have enclosed me behind and before and have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too much. It is too high. I cannot attain it. This is where Ruth was. This is a verse I pray over my children all the time in their graduation cards, in their birthday cards, as they go out on a new adventure here or there, I remind them, it is the Lord who goes before you and behind you. He has his hand upon you. May you be overwhelmed by that knowledge. May it overwhelm you. 
It is too high, I cannot attain it. I cannot even fathom it. I can't comprehend it. I can't reach it. I can't even see the enormity of it. I am blown away. I am on my face before our great God. Ruth, this humble woman, is moved to her knees, completely overwhelmed. Are we? I want to ask you to do something just for a second. Just to remember the posture. I want to ask you just to bend over in your seat as far as you can go. That's just the beginning of a bow, friends. Just for a minute, just for a second, bend over in your seat. Lord, I am before you. I love you. You are so good. You overwhelm me. May it be true of us, ladies. May we practice this at home. May we practice going to our knees. And as you sit up right now, take it with you. Take it home. Practice it every day. On your knees, before your great God, remembering his provision, his faithfulness in, your, in providing for you, his faithfulness in his protection of you. Let's not forget. She fell on her face. Boaz answered her question, and he said, all that you have done for your mother-in-law after the death of your husband has been fully reported to me, how you left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and came to a people that you previously did not know. All of that she did for Naomi, plus the fact that she moved to a different country. Can you imagine moving across the ocean with people you don't know, people who don't believe as you do? And here she is, and he continues by saying, may the Lord reward your work. May the Lord reward your work and your wages be full from the Lord the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to seek refuge. Boaz is saying here, wants to be clear that even though he is providing protection and provision for her, that it is the Lord who will reward her work. It is the Lord who her wages will be full from that she will have enough from. Ladies, let's not forget that as we start to see the Lord provide for us in different ways, it's not the way, it's not the means, it's always God. It's always God. The Lord, the God of Israel, the Lord, the strong and the mighty, 
two things I want to, to make just a little note of. Do you remember when we talked about how Naomi blessed her daughters before she left? Do you remember? What did she say? When she said that may the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. I just wanted us to read verse 13 quickly. Two prayers are answered here. Two things we've just read about. And I want you to see if you can catch them here. Then she said, Ruth, I have found favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and indeed have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. What did Naomi pray? May the Lord deal kindly with you. How did Ruth say that Boaz was with her? I have found favor. Indeed, you have spoken kindly to your maidservant. Same words. Naomi had prayed that the Lord would deal kindly with her daughters-in-law. And here we see how kindly Boaz is dealing with her. Did not Ruth just pray that very morning or just request what her hope was in her heart? Please let me go in the field and glean among the ears of grain after one in whose sight I may find favor. Ruth said to Boaz, I have found favor in your sight, my Lord. The very thing that she was hoping to find was favor with an owner of the land that she would be gleaning in. And there it is, favor and kindness. Our God is listening. He hears. He knows your heart. He knows your very need. And it's even deeper than what we see that's on top, friends. He knows what's needed in our heart. He is faithful to provide what is needed in our heart. He is faithful to protect what is, needs to be protected in our heart. And here, I just wanted to end with knowing and seeing and focusing on. Here she is. It is the Lord who rewards her work. The Lord who gives her the fullness the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to seek refuge. God is faithful in his power. If you're going to go somewhere to seek refuge, to seek safety, aren't you going to go to somebody who could provide it? God has the power to provide the safety, the refuge, the, the provision, the protection. It's his power. She's running under whose wings you come to seek refuge. You're going to run to the person who has the power to do it. That's only our great God. Only him. Ladies, what joy that is. To know that when we are crying out to him, when we are crying to him in joy, when we are crying to him in pain, when we are crying to him in great hurt, he has the power 
He has the power to provide and protect. And he is faithful and true to do it. You're not running to some wooden idol, to some pie in the sky. You're running to the great God of the universe who has the power to do it. And more than that, he has the love. He loves you. He loves you. He loves to provide for you. He loves to protect you. He loves to show his power for your good. This is who we are serving. This is who we are reading about. This is who we are digging our roots down deep in because this is the God of our soul who loves us so much. And he has the power to provide and protect everything we need and everything we need or could possibly want in this life that brings him glory and honor, that makes us shiny and more like Christ. My prayer for you and for me is that we will go confidently that our great God loves us and that he has the power to bring all this together for our good and for his glory. Go in that truth this week. Amen.